Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Let me just say this again to you today. David's victory demonstrated that the God of Israel exists. By the way, the God of Israel still exists tonight. And number two, he delivers his own against overwhelming odds. Overwhelming odds. Bottom line, this whole story, what happened? What was changing? It was the very same thing David wanted. Bottom line, David's active faith, not just words, but his active faith made God look good. It's so easy and so tempting to hear the story of David's defeat of Goliath and not think any further than, well, that's a neat story. God really did come through for David. Sure, you can think of it as a metaphor for your own life that maybe you can overcome difficult obstacles. But Pastor Mark will be encouraging you to do more than think about this story. He wants you to understand that God wants you to act on this story. You need to recognize that whoever you are, God has created you the way you are and has created you to fulfill your unique role in advancing His kingdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Samuel chapter 17 as he continues in his series called The Life of David. So what do we see in verse 46? I think it's really good. Notice all the eyes. This is David saying, and remember we told you this principle numbers of times. I'll mention it once or twice. There's only some things God can do, and there's only some things that you and I can do. Now God could have just said to one of his angels, get on there and take care of the boy. It's over with. Army's defeated. It's finished. One angel wiped the whole place out. He decided not to do that. He's going to use David. So he uses you and I. Remember, God was going to use David, and God needed him. Now, God could have used, also, I was thinking about this, because when I was thinking about the size of that stone, which is probably like a baseball, God didn't even need to use an angel. We know in the book of Revelation, during the tribulation, there's going to be hailstones. And some of them, probably a hundred pound hailstones. So God could have just used one hailstone, perfectly positioned, boom. But why? I don't know why. Maybe they're in storage waiting for the seven-year tribulation. I really don't know. But God chose to use the young man David to kill Goliath. And I want you to write this down. Christ follower, God has chosen to use you. See, he could have done everything he wants to do without you and without me. But he's chosen to use you. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm not ordained. 
That has nothing to do with it. We're all called and gifted by God to be used. We're a mighty army with God as the head. So whatever gifting you have, remember Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, we're a body. We're uniquely gifted in all kinds of ways. And so God has called you tonight, as you see this, you need the exact same kind of faith. I need that same kind of faith that David has. So the focus of David was on God, not the giant. David, already by faith, sees the whole thing. The giant falling, him cutting his head off, and the army going in their direction, and most of them dying. He already sees that by faith. And who gave him that? God did. God gave him the vision of what was going to happen. We'll look at verse 47. All those gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Again, just what I spoke to you about, you don't need to write it down, but understand how this battle will be won. It's the same way you and I will win our battles. David believes the victory is already won, and how does he believe it? By faith. It's already done. Now, at the end tonight, I'm going to talk to you about our own giants. And the focus that I just mentioned here, that David is not focused on the largeness of the giant or the impossible situation. The armor bearer in front of him is probably way bigger than David himself. But he's focusing on God and what God's called him to do. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain, here's those five senses again, of what we do not see. Verse 48, now as the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine On the forehead, just in that little place that would be between the armor here, the shield, and his head. The stone sank into his forehead, and he fell face down on the ground. As I said to you, that stone would have been about the size of a baseball, probably about 100 miles an hour. And of course, directed what? Just perfectly. Now, David doesn't talk about facing the giant. David faces the giant. As Linda and I were out walking this morning, I was listening to, a, sometimes we don't listen to anything, somebody just, we just talk. Other times we're listening to different teachings and whatever with our iPods. And uh, she happened to have Charles Stanley, and he was talking on procrastination. Anybody here have any trouble with procrastination? Could I see your hand slowly? Slowly as, as it comes up. We all have trouble from, oh, there's a double hand right over here, Hallelujah. See, David, he makes these great statements, and then notice, he doesn't run away from the battle, he runs to the battle. David didn't slay the giant with nice talk. Faith has to be acted upon. There must be some action to it. So what you see is, David faces the giant, faith in action is what killed Goliath. A verse I used this weekend, which I want to remind you about, just write it down, 1 Corinthians 4.20. 1 Corinthians 4.20, it says this, 
For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. It's living by God's power. You see, faith has to be acted upon. If God gives you a vision of how he's going to use you, then step forward in all of our lives. It takes steps of faith, not just words. Nice talk. Well, I believe one day God's going to blah, 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 and here we go. No, no, no. Step forward. This is what happens to David. Now, Goliath never knew what hit him. But the Philistine army knew. It was a God rock that hit him. Right between the head. Now, look at verse 50. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, with a pea shooter. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. And David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from his scabbard after he killed him. So evidently he was just stunned or maybe unconscious. And after he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. Well, where'd he get the sword? He didn't have a sword. Where'd he get the sword? Goliath. Now, remember what God told him would happen? He says, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to cut your head off. He didn't have a sword. He didn't need a sword. The sword was waiting for him. He knew already what God was going to do. By faith, he did it. And when the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. David's victory demonstrated to everyone that, number one, the God of Israel was alive. This enemy ran. And two, he delivers his own against overwhelming odds. Let me just say this again to you today. David's victory demonstrated that the God of Israel exists. By the way, the God of Israel still exists tonight. And number two, he delivers his own against overwhelming odds. Overwhelming odds. Bottom line, this whole story, what happened? What was changing? It was the very same thing David wanted. Bottom line, David's active faith, not just words, but his active faith made God look good. That's why you and I are here tonight, to tell the world Jesus is alive. Now, remember there's David had to sling the stone. Who directed it? Well, God, I'm sure. But maybe even David was skilled enough. It's all right. But there was some action. Listen to Spurgeon when he talks about this. The lazy bones of our Orthodox churches cry, God will do his own work. And then they looked out for the softest pillow they can find. And they put it under their heads and say, the eternal purposes will be carried out. God will be glorified. That is all very fine talk, but it can be used with the most mischievous design. You can make opium out of it, which will lull you into a deep and dreadful slumber and prevent you being of any kind of use at all. So again, it was active faith. If God has begun to speak to you about an area of ministry, something to step out in, a step of faith, something to do, it isn't just to talk about it. Wonderful to talk about it. But you have to follow through with action. Take the steps of faith when God directs you to do it. Now, 52, the men of Israel and Judah surged forth with a shout. Wow, finally got a little courage. 
and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. Their dead were strewn along the Sherem road to Gath and Ekron. Now, when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. It's interesting, you remember in the original interaction between Goliath and Saul and the army of Israel, remember what Goliath said? Let's just have this a one-on-oneer. And whoever wins, the other army will just give in and will serve you. Remember that? Well, what happened? They agreed to surrender if, if Goliath lost, but they didn't keep, they ran away. Why is this? You, you can't trust Satan. He's a liar. You can never trust him. Let's write this statement down and let it stimulate you for what I'm going to talk about. What God allowed David to go through, God will allow us to go through. Well, what did David go through? <laughs> a huge test. A huge test. This was simply a test for David. God uses all types of encounters and tests and circumstances for each of us. Sometimes when we look at the Bible, like we did here tonight, we look at David as somebody totally unrelated to you and me. Now, David was an amazing man of God. Sometimes when we look at the apostles, we look at them like totally different than you and me. But remember what the Bible says about Elijah. Elijah was a man like you and me. See, we're all created equal. And so even though they're faithful men, and many of them in that Hebrews 11, they're just men and women like you and me. So don't always look at them as superstars and go, man, if I could ever get that. It wasn't them. It was God in them. We're exactly the same. So what David went through, we're going to talk about this in a moment, God will take you through. The same kind of tests. So even though we respect these amazing people, they're people. We're no different than the men and women of the Bible, and they were really no different than us. David, what was it like there to stand and face the giant? It's hard to imagine, but what's it like for you and I tonight to stand and face the giants in our life? It's exactly the same. It may not be people, you don't have a sling, but it's the same kind of battle. So here's four questions I want to give us tonight as we put some application to this. Number one, why did God allow the Philistines and Goliath to battle against his people Israel? Number two, why does God allow pain, adversity, fear, and giants to enter our lives? You see it. Romans tells me that everything that's in my life, and as I'm sinning, is passing through the hands of God. It's all orchestrated by God. He knows what he's doing in my life. All things work together. So why does God allow pain and adversity and fear and giants, and of course all the good things as well, to end our life? This is why. Write it down tonight and you know it. Because... God never planned for all of this kind of stuff to happen, but because of sin, sin reaches its fingers into every single one of our lives. Spiritual warfare is real, it's personal, and I have to say to you, it's ongoing. It's real, 
it's personal, and it's ongoing. We are part of a spiritual war, a war between dark and light, good and evil, heaven and hell, Christ and Satan. Life is a battlefield. It's not a playground. That reality never changes and will never change until the end, the very end of the millennium. So even when Jesus comes back and sets up his earthly kingdom in Jerusalem for those next thousand years in the millennium, at the end of that, remember, Satan is released for a short period of time. And he worked this amazing spiritual warfare and those children who were raised, born during that time from earthly parents who were serving God. They were kept in check until the end. And then their real heart comes out. So again, when we see this, remember Satan's goal is real. What is his goal? It's to steal and kill and destroy. That never changes. That's seen tonight in the story we just read, which was true, and it's with us. Now, when we read that, sometimes we lose heart. We go, man, come on. Pastor Mike, are you saying there's going to be storms and giants in my life till the end of my life? Yes, yes. But then Jesus spoke to us. He spoke to his disciples, who didn't understand it initially either. Notice what he says in John 14. We know the first part, uh, 16, but sometimes we forget the last part of the verse. I told you all this so that you might have, number one, peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I've already come to the world. So notice two things there. In spite of all of what I just said to you, spiritual warfare will always be there. We can have peace. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be negative. And also, I can take heart. I can have hope. It's going to be okay. Why? Because we already know what the outcome is. We already know what the outcome is. Turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. So why is God allowing this? He didn't orchestrate it originally. He didn't say to Adam and Eve now, get ready. It's going to be pretty painful right off the start here. He didn't do any of that. He just said to them, here's one warning. Don't go there. Please don't go there. Because if you go there, it's going to change your life and life forever. They went there. That's when all this entered. It will not be solved, as I said, until the end of millennium. But in the middle of all this, God allows in your life and my life tonight some giants Some different things. James chapter 1, look down to verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds. In other words, when you face giants. Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete not lacking anything. Two of these keys I want you to write down. Here's one of the keys. Sometimes giants, sometimes giants are used for our spiritual maturity. So sometimes God allows these things. Notice what that battle did for David. You'll see in a moment what it did for him. Amazing things that it did for David. Same thing for you and I. God tests us to bring out our best. We don't think we have it in us. Well, we don't have it in us. 
But God creates it in us. He's at work in us. He's making us like him. To do that requires giants. All kinds of difficulties. And he sends them into our life for that purpose. To mature us. Spiritual maturity simply comes from testing and time. God is not trying to hamper your life. He's not trying to make it miserable for you. But he knows that our faith must be tested. And this principle is in the New Testament, but we see it here in the Old Testament as well. Same thing for Abraham. You remember Abraham? He left and he didn't know where he was going. Headed out to trust God. Abraham was a pretty rich man. And eventually they got to the promised land. And you remember the first thing that happened when Abraham got to the promised land? What circumstances did Abraham meet when he got to the promised land? There was a famine. There was no food. Here's one of the richest guys in the world. He obeys God. And can you imagine him arriving? He's probably packing his tent up. God says, what do you mean you're packing your tent up? You're here. You mean this place? (laughs) There's no food here. Yeah, this is where I brought you. Say what? No, No food here? No food here. So instead of, initially, instead of trusting God right then, what does Abraham look to? Looks to his wisdom. And where does he head off to? By sight, he knows there's food where? In Egypt. And where does he go? Heads down to Egypt. Does that turn out good? No. But see, understand, the first thing, when he passes all these tests, he gets there to the promised land, and what's facing him? Another test. So it's perseverance. It's perseverance. Perseverance, we don't like perseverance, because perseverance means wait. Some of you died last week until Friday morning. You, you couldn't stand it. Black Friday's coming. Is it Friday morning yet? Is there a store open at 1 a.m.? Something. You had to get there. So what they do? They put all these pre-sales. Pretty soon we're going to have pre-sales in July for Christmas. Am I right? It's crazy anymore. So perseverance means what? Maturity doesn't happen overnight. It just simply takes time. Now, this isn't only a New Testament concept, obviously. Psalm 6610 says this. For you, O God, tested us. You refined us like silver. See, there's no way for you and no way for me to mature without difficulty and without opposition. Trials, troubles, oppositions are simply God-given opportunities to grow. That same principle Jesus spoke about when he walked by a vineyard one day. While every branch that you and me that does bear fruit, he prunes it so it will be even more fruitful. So God lovingly uses trials and persecutions and troubles to expose the type and the quality of my faith and yours. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught on the importance of active faith. He reminded you that merely agreeing with what God says isn't enough. You need to live out what God says as well. He also spoke about the spiritual weapons you have, the Word of God the power of the Spirit, and prayer, and how there's no way you'll succeed in life without using them every day. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude this installment in his series, The Life of David. He will continue providing instruction about spiritual warfare and remind you of Satan's goal, which is to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He will reiterate that God wants the ultimate best for your life. God knows what that is and is trying to get you to live your life in agreement with Him. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in, and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Let us hear your lessons.